Welcome to Talking Giants. The season's over, boys and girls, and I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. Here's my co-host, Danny King. And Danny, let's get right into it. Pat Shermer fired, Dave Gettleman retained. I know you've been calling for Pat Shermer to be fired for a while. I've been, I'll say it, I've been a defender, but also open to the ability for him to be fired. And we're going to get to our, our list later, and I'm excited about one guy for real. Um, but Danny, how are you doing? Season's over. Things are, but the season's over. Things are starting to heat up for real. You started out the episode much more excited than I thought you would, especially on such a such a sad day around the league. Well, not sad, but Danny, if we would have done it last night, I was very frustrated last night. Oh, but today, would've... looking at coaching like candidates, it's excitement is in the air, even though there's some stuff to actually be bothered about. No, yeah, there's not to be bothered about. It, yeah, it was a good thing not to film last night because after sitting there in the rain, then hearing Eagles chant for four hours, it, it reached like a nerve to me. So it's good we're filming tonight, but I'm doing good. And I mean, just a little, a little teaser. I remember the word this time because I couldn't remember last episode. I mean, we're both excited about the same guy. I, when you texted me, you have a uh, number one that's unexpected. We both have the same guy, not the same position, but same guy. Yeah. Danny, I. When I was doing my research today and I found this guy out, I was so excited. And then, and then went, you know, to a little behind the scenes, when I when we answered the Skype call, I said, Danny, I'm in love. And I didn't think Danny was going to know who it was. And then he's like, and then once I said the name, you were telling me, oh, he's on my list too. And I just, I don't think I've smiled that much before an episode in a long time. Even like Daniel, maybe since Tampa. Like Washington was cool, but I don't think I, I like answer the phone smiling that much in a while <laughs> i um, thought he was gonna say david cutcliffe at first i was like <laughs> i love cut but i don't think he's he's nfl guy. No. He's qb coach i'd love that but let's be. let's get into it let's start with Shermer. and it seems like Shermer is like kind of old news at this point i mean in the mayor press conference there's like two questions about Shermer. And they all are about dave gentleman Shermer is fired after nine and 23 after two seasons um I get it. I do get it. Part of me is like he didn't really get the fair shot, but there was times where he made questionable decisions. I thought he did. I think he deserves credit for developing Daniel Jones, although I think Daniel Jones is one of those guys where he's going to work with anybody. But Pat Shermer definitely got a lot out of Jones. That With another coach, that possibly doesn't happen. So um, it was nice to see what Jones uh, did under him. I thought the team played hard for him. You know, they never gave up on him. You could tell that they were beat up by it today uh, in their press call, in their interviews with the media and then, you know, the days before. Um, but it just seemed like it's, you know, the writing was on the wall. He knew it. And 
I guess it's it's time to move on. It sucks that we're doing this for the third time in five years. We're looking for a new coach. Before I start, the people that are like now feeling bad for Shermer, some people have been feeling bad, didn't watch Shermer fired, but some of these people now all of a sudden are like, oh, well, Shermer didn't get the fair <laughs> shot. It's like, you I'm wanted not- him fired weeks ago, but because he's fired now, your your main problem is, is Dave Gettleman's still here, and now all the blame is on Gettleman. Now Gettleman holds blame, but then don't feel sorry for Shermer now. You were calling for his fire weeks ago. I, I, it, I had sorry. people who were harassing me. Six weeks ago, saying, how dare you defend Pat Shermer? How dare you? Like, after the Minnesota game, harassing me. And they're saying, you know, he didn't really get a fair shot. I was like, are you kidding me? Shut up. Like, I couldn't it's... believe it. Anyways, I, I don't want to get too much into, like, what other people say. No, yeah, no, 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 yeah. You say. But you're right. It was mind-numbing to see the the 180 turn on yeah. Pat Shermer in a matter of hours. It was crazy. But to, to – uh... Back to the players, like Daniel Jones, he looked like devastated. Like he looked like he was. I it, sometimes it looked like I thought he was fighting back tears a little bit. I, every once in a while, the press conference. Shermer made an impact on these players. The players respected Pat Shermer when Saquon had that huge run yesterday or two days ago in the Eagles game. Him and Shermer just embraced on the sideline, a huge hug. He was a players guy, and the players respected him. It just, it unfortunately didn't work out. He's a great guy. I, I haven't heard one bad thing about Pat Shermer from reporters, players. It, there was no, he the, he never lost a locker room. It's unfortunate it didn't work out here. He just wasn't able, I just don't think he's a head coach. He went 9-23 and 23 with the Browns. He went 9-23 and 23 with us. As you said, maybe people say he doesn't get a fair opportunity. He should have won more games than he did this year. He's a good guy. Just he just couldn't lead the just couldn't be the Giants head coach. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's hard to say my emotions because there is some guys I'm excited about. I guess there's one guy I'm excited about, and there's a few guys on my list that I'd be optimistic about. Um, But like we really didn't get to see the full Shermer because this defense was bad, Danny. This defense was horrible. I know that. You know, the offense had issues, and there was times where people get frustrated with Shermer. Although the time, the clock management stuff, I never bought into. In fact, remember that one episode, Danny? Well, I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the Jets, where everyone's like, I can't believe he calls timeouts where he did. And I did the math, and it's like, no, that was actually the right decision. They saved themselves like two minutes by doing that, or something like that. But um, they felt the need to move on, which I'm okay with. But the thing is, is they kept Dave Gettleman. And, Danny, I said this all along. If you're going to fire Pat Shermer and keep Dave Gettleman, the only guy it really makes sense for is Ron Rivera. And he's looking like he's going to Washington, although it hasn't been done yet when it's been supposed to be done. Uh, and, you know, we can get into that in a second. But it's just it's just a weird move when these two guys came in at the same time and are tied together that one gets the boot and, and one gets the stay. It, it – I, I – it... It's hard to I Mara made the point where like Dave Gellman has done a lot to advance this organization into the future, like reinventing the scouting department, bringing in and like a different form of analytics. When it's it, there's I see the pros and the cons to keeping Dave Gellman, but if we do say when we do hire the next head coach, say it doesn't work out with Gellman, then Gellman gets the boot, and then the new GM comes in, then there's. Will those two be on the same page? So it, it's it's a risk to keep Gettleman, but he's done so much to this team that it almost makes sense with all the cap space he's made, all the trades he's done. 
uh, both good and bad. And and John Mara said he's had misses and he needs to get the bat and average up. Dave Gellman, even though it he was a fired, he was put on notice that he needs to improve because John still got all day. Because ownership's getting tired, the fan base is getting tired. I guarantee these players are getting tired of just having losing seasons. It's, it's well, something's got to change. That's the issue, though, Danny. Is that he's on notice, and now we have a a, a head coaching search with the GM on notice. That's a problem. Yeah, it's it's scary for head coaches, and I want to blame it. And here's why. And I said this this morning. It's I, I'm not even saying like Dave Gellman's incompetent of doing a good job. And you know, on on the next show, we're going to talk about Dave Gellman's presser, which you'll. You know, you probably have listened to by now when you're listening to this episode or you're, it's getting ready to start. Uh, and we're going to talk about that and go through his moves so we can kind of be like, all right, where do we stand on Dave Gettleman so far? But anyways, the point is the Giants don't perform next year. Say they win six games. Now you fire Dave Gettleman and you have this head, new head coach. And then so you bring in a new GM and that GM will probably give the head coach one year. I'm sure it'll be a mandate uh, by from the mayors or whatever. And then one year, say they're not successful again, and then you're firing them. It's just you're constantly paying these people on these one-year, like, do-or-die deals, and it becomes a bad like a cycle. And that's why it's kind of important to have a GM and a head coach on the same cycle, unless one of those guys has been established for a long time. Then there's a different situation. It'd be like Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore. If they, if they say they fired John Harbaugh two years ago, like, you don't fire the GM because um, he's been there and has been established and he's won. Um but my point being is, is you just put that, and then head coaches don't want to be a part of that. Like that's a scary situation to go through. As much as I think the Giants are a pretty damn good job, and hell, they might even be the best available uh, if you besides Dallas when Dallas becomes open, because you have the quarterback, you have weapons on offense, you're a couple pieces away on the offensive line, and and hopefully getting the best out of guys like Will Hernandez and Zeitler and Gates, and then the defense is very young. I don't know how many of these guys can be kept around but you have $80 million of cap space. So it should be a very intriguing job for a head coach. But with Dave Gettleman, who is already a little brass, like a little rough around the edges, which I, I don't personally mind, but I get why a head coach would, then it's just it's a dangerous situation to be in, Danny. Yeah, if coaches are afraid to come here because of Dave Gettleman, and then at that point, he shouldn't be here because – we should not coaches should not be afraid to come here because this job is so intriguing. And you heard uh, in, in the press conference, Mara said Gettleman and Shermer are always on the same page with personnel decision. But then our guy Jay Glazer tweeted out on the coaching front a lot of damage control out there on the Giants keeping Gettleman saying Shermer had just as much same personnel there. Absolutely not the case. Never has been with the Giants. GM makes the personnel decision. So I. I'm with like you after hearing that report and just thinking about it long term. As I said, it, it made sense to keep Gellman, but what if this does scare coaches away, knowing that, say, as you said, Gellman got fired, then the new GM comes in, and then the coach gets a year, say, he has one bad season and he fired. It's a risky move, and the Giants are really playing with fire right now because this could either set us forward into the future for many years to come with great wins, or it could just set us back again and we'll be back in the same position. Maybe two years from now, we just it, it's a risk Mara and Tish are taking right now. Yeah, and and we'll get to their pressers and where they even acknowledge that. But yeah, and so that's why I was on the side of we need to fire Dave Gettleman because this is too dangerous. Um, now, if they can get the head coaching hand that they want, and he loves Dave Gettleman, then it's a whole different story. But like, it's, 
Has that been proven? I mean, there's been rumors around the league that guys don't want to work with Dave Gettleman. Now, I don't know how true those are, Danny, because, you know, we start, you know, to start the weekend, it said Matt Rule would not want to work with Dave Gettleman. And as more and more has progressed, it turns out that's not looking so true. Um, Rule said some nice things about Gettleman back at 17. I don't put a whole lot of weight into that because he was asked about them, and I don't expect him to bash him anyways. But the more and more we come out, it's like, no, like that's actually not true. Um, but there is some cons- like conspiracy theories, and Adam Schefter even tweeted it out like 10 minutes before Dave Gettleman uh, being retained was announced, that the head coaching candidate will have an impact on the GM, which I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around that if they that they could still fire Dave Gettleman after they announced they were retaining him. Um, I, I don't know. It's I don't know what to think of that theory. I, me personally, I'm pretty confident Dave Gettleman is staying, um, but I don't know. It, it's it's a it's a theory out there. I don't I don't know how much weight to put into it. But listen, if you have your guy, your head coaching candidate that you all out want, and Dave Gettleman is the holdup, then by all means, move on from the man. But then, uh, on top of that, I'm sure theory. Last night, there was a crazy theory that Dave Gellman is going to be stepping down or be reassigned on that Tuesday press conference. Fans, they just uh, some people can't accept the fact. A lot that of Dave people Gellman's think that, and a lot like like that was more realistic. But now that yeah. he's announced that yeah, that the announcer painting him, to me, there's just no way. If you yeah. like Sunday night, okay, maybe. But now that he's been announced that he's being retained as a GM, and a press conference has been scheduled, and nothing has been leaked of that sort then you're kind of just – it's kind of a pipe dream at this point to think that Gettleman's going to step down on, uh, tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're just reaching for that point. But on the view, if, if Dave Gettleman's holding back the team where good coaches don't want to come here, you get rid of him. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, what I was thinking is say say the rumors that Matt Rule wanted full control are true. Say he is the guy the Giants bring in. You have him and Dave Gettleman work together. You have Gettleman kind of like just teach Rule how to – run a whole like a whole NFL team how to get good guys around him and then Gettleman can retire next year you could just say goodbye to him after next year that was my thinking of that if Rule is the guy and if he does want full control of the team but yeah keeping Gettleman it's uh but yeah tomorrow he tomorrow or whenever as you said whenever you listen to this his press conference is just gonna be him answering questions and he's gonna have to answer questions because he has avoided the media for a fan for the whole season the only time I saw Dave Gellman it was at the Cardinals game when he was walking around the field. Then he had that other video of the fan harassing him. That so, guy's such a douche. Yeah, I'll just really say is. that was such a douchey video. Yeah, that, that, you, you, gained <laughs> not, you gained nothing from that. But, I mean, Gellman's probably going to answer maybe like 15, maybe 20 questions or something along that line, or at least take questions for 15, 20 minutes. But he needs to speak longer because he hid from the media. He has He's going to answer for these trades. Uh, some bad free agency picks, and how is he going to be able to get a better coach? And but no, Dave Gellman is going to give his like few worded response and not truly give answers. It's just going to be a waste of time tomorrow. And that's the frustrating. Days. That's the frustrating thing, Danny. Is I get always get excited for these pressers, and it's it's hard to find the balance because part of me wants to say, Dave, let's let's be honest for once. Let's be honest about what you're doing. Be honest about your mistakes. Like be like, tell us what you made a mistake. Like say like you know what the Al tree wasn't. Uh, the greatest thing, but even though you can't really bash players, but part of it is like you can't show your cards, like the whole Odell thing last year, where it's like you said you weren't going to trade him. I was like, well, what do you, what do you guys expect him to say? Be like, yeah, we're actually actively shopping him. Uh, we've talked to a few teams and trying to figure out something for him. Like, so he can't be fully honest, and you can't expect that. But maybe in just a macro level, day like Gettleman, 
not being like, oh, like I said, Ogletree, but saying like, you know what? I've messed up on some trades. I've messed up on some free agency signings, and we're going to work to fix that, and we're changing things. Because from what we've heard, and from, you know, Mara, you know, from the horse itself said today that the Giants have been changing their scouting department and becoming more analytical in the way they grade players and stuff like that. Uh, and we've known that, but hearing it straight from John Mara makes it like, okay, they are actually doing this. And he says they're doing it more and more. And they're, you know, so I would assume that means they're bringing more and more analytical people in. And we like analytics. Um, I, I do think film always trumps analytics. But it's nice to have that as a as a weapon. Yeah, but I don't know who brought it up, but it was funny. Pat Shermer uh, talked about analytics and how like how much it's improved with the Giants. But when they drafted Saquon, he was bashing analytics. Someone said that on Twitter. I wasn't the one that uh, followed that, but yeah, yeah. I don't. Gettleman did mock analytics. Um, was it Gettleman? Or I didn't remember. It, it was it was Gettleman in the All past. Right. The the problem is is I just. I look at what those guys do instead of what they say. That's my th- – and I, I understand that this isn't the opinion of a, of the law of the fan base because that's what we are as fans. But me personally, and maybe this is because I'm not a season ticket holder and I live in Florida and I, you know, I go to one, two games a year. But what they say in those pressers, as long as they're not bashing anybody, they really just don't bother me a lot. They don't because I know they're lying, and they have to lie. They can't tell the whole truth. And Gettleman is kind of an entertainer, too. And that has come back to bite him. When it's good, we love wacky Dave Gettleman. But when it's bad, those quotes, that mocking of analytics, it, come back, it comes back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, and as you said, we, we, we just don't know. Gettleman's probably not going to answer any important questions. He's just going to go after he's done. We're not going to hear from him for, like, months again. And, I mean, we'll he— hear about, We'll hear from him from the Combine and then the combine, every yeah. night after the draft. Yeah, and then he— he cannot afford to mess up. He cannot afford to miss on free agency signs. He can afford to maybe miss on like a guy he paid like basically nothing to. But like he needs to hit on free agency if he's going to make trades. He needs to make good trades. And this draft is huge. We're the fourth overall pick. There are some guys out there. I know people are like, eh, but Chase Young. Well, guess what? There's other players that just chase Young in this draft, and there's all quality guys. You got Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Simmons. There's quality defensive guy, quality offensive guys that we could pick at four that will make our team better. But for Dave Gellman, and maybe even trading back for the first time back. in Dave Gellman's career. Yeah, Dave Gellman has not traded back once in seven years. In seven drafts, he's not traded back one time. I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah, that that actually is a surprise stat. But he does not have now. Time is not on his side. He needs to hit now, and he needs to put together at least a team that improves and shows improvement. They don't need to make the playoffs, but they just need to be competitive. And if they're not competitive. We're going to be, next year, the whole fan base is going to be having this conversation again, but this time it's going to be involved with Dave Gellman getting fired, and we're just going to be back here again just questioning what went wrong, why didn't we make this decision last year maybe. It's just it, it's a never-ending cycle right now for the Giants. Yeah, and, and like I said, Danny, we'll, we'll go through Dave Gellman's moves so we can be on record of saying like where we stand on each move. Because and then we can just use that as reference. But hey, check this out. This is where I stand on every Dave Gellman. We covered in twenty minutes. Um, so, and I know I get heat for this, but I don't think Gellman's incompetent. Um, and I think some things have been overblown. Um, I think some of his drafting uh, like successes have been a little overblown when you look at the two thousand eighteen class. But I also think expectations were set a little too high for guys like Lorenzo Carter, and and that's not hindsight. I mean, me, Danny, me and you were talking preseason that Lorenzo Carter is the guy. 
that is going to have all these expectations, and because he had decent numbers as rookie, year, people are going to expect him to double that kind of stuff, and it's just not going to happen. Um, now, guys, make jumps in year three and year four. I mean, look at Dalvin Thompson; he's having his best year by far. Um, so there's there's a lot at stake. Um, right now, I'm on the side of, of firing Gettleman, not to say that it can't work, but it just doesn't make sense if you're not bringing a guy like Rivera in because it could scare away these candidates. Um, and then J- John Mayer talked, and he his he said that that was a risk. He said that the persona around Dave Gettleman is a risk. Um, and when asked about it, he, he said that his reasoning was is that we believe that when these guys come in and meet Dave Gettleman, like, they'll love him which isn't the worst thing in the world, but was, uh, I think it was Jordan Rainin who made, like he said it, he's like, what if they don't? And Mara didn't really have anything for that. He's like, well, then they don't. And that's the risky run. Um, and that's why I'm on the kind of the side of firing Dave Gellman. Not because I th- think there's some great GM out there. I don't know anything about prospective GMs, but it can be a turn away from getting this new head coach because guys will be scared to come into a situation where the GM is on a short leash. Like coaches shouldn't come into um, a GM's do or die year. Hey, they shouldn't. And we're both in agreement that the Giants are running a risk. I, as I said, I was on record of keeping Dave Gellin, but really today it really made me think like, was it the right move? Because as you said, time's not on his side. And it could scare if it scares away a coach, like if coaches are getting scared away, you fire him. I don't care that it's unprecedented you fire your GM now after you said you're gonna retain him. You cannot afford to lose good coaches like Matt Rule. You could say like uh I don't know, just qualify. I, I, I almost said it. I almost said it. I almost said it. But you cannot allow good coaches to get scared away because the GM is on a short leash and he's not what you consider the most, I wouldn't say workable, the guy that you wouldn't think is like a rough guy that could get, yeah, rough around the edges. So it's a risk the Giants are going to take. And as I said, this is either going to work out great for us or it's going to set us back for years to come and it's just going to be a nightmare. Yeah. It could, like you said, it could be awesome if we get our guy and Gettleman improves in free agency and continues to work his magic in this draft. Because um, on, the, on the other side of Dave Gettleman, like, you know what? He did draft Daniel Jones, and that means something. And he did draft Darius Slayton, and that means something. And he did draft Dexter Lawrence, and that means something. Um, DeAndre Baker, it's yet to be seen. He didn't have a good year this year. He didn't have as bad a year as people made it out to be, but he definitely didn't have a good year. Um, he, he, he didn't finish off strong in Philly, that's for sure. Um, how about that? The Eagles score a touchdown on a two-man route against eight guys dropped in coverage. I don't know. I was sitting there just watching, and I'm like, what, what, am, what am I doing? Like, Unbelievable. I don't even want to talk about that game. Anyways. I think it was awful. <laughs> yeah, so, but he's made he's made good draft picks. Like, you can't deny that. Saquon Barkley, what, you know, there's a debate, should he win at two? And I, I get both sides of that, but you can't deny that he's an amazing player. And at two, I guess it's not that hard to pick. I can't really give him too much credit for getting a guy like Saquon. Um. Will Hernandez didn't have the greatest year, but I think we all expect him to improve, especially under a new O-line coach. We expect Hal Hunter to be gone. So, like, there is things to give him credit on, but, you know, right now I'm on the side of, of moving on. Uh, Danny, let's get into the mayor presser. Um, I think we kind of referenced it. He talked about analytics and scouting, so we talked about that. Uh, he talked about the risk of uh, Dave Gettleman's persona, and he talked about the risk of not having a head coach and GM on the same cycle. So, I don't know. Besides that, he didn't really say a whole lot. I mean, these these things that you don't really get a ton of information on these. 
Yeah, I mean, I got pretty much the same thing. Uh, he said, not ruling out defensive mind as the next head coach. Uh, says he had that hope for Pat Sherman, but never turned around. This this was funny. This was I want to know who asked this question and just wonder why they're so stupid. Someone asked, did Eli's benching affect the decision of Pat Shermer? I'm like, you're well, bringing the heat right now. I'm so I know I heard that. I'm like, are are you stupid? Why would? How would benching Eli Manning? This is the McAdoo era. We have the guy here, and the rookie went out there and performed. Ben McAdoo put in Geno Smith. He didn't even put in the guy you drafted. That's such a stupid question. If you think that was even the thought of why Shermer got fired, I don't know how you're even writing for this team. <laughs> That is so stupid. Danny, it had to be cleared up. Uh, <laughs> and Steve Tisch. It should have been cleared up. It's such a, such a simple thing <laughs> to know, think about. I know. I know. And then Steve Tisch. Um, I love Steve. Like, I, Steve. Steve. Steve I, he, said, he said that they were on the same page maybe 12 times. And granted, he was asked about that. But that was like his answer to everything. Like, yep, we're on the same page. So was there, you know, was there any kind of district? No, we're, we are on the same page. Sometimes it's hard, but we are on the same page. He didn't say anything. And then he finished it off with, uh, I'm going to be more involved going forward. It's like, okay, you're like, the, you're the dad who maybe isn't super involved with his kids. And a kid, his kid gets in a lot of trouble in school one day. <laughs> and he comes home and the mom is like, we got to do this. And dad's like, you know what? I need to be more involved with my son. Um, and then. Four weeks later, you're back to doing your same thing and hanging out with your buddies. Um, that, that is what Steve Tisch is when he says, I'm going to be more involved. Yeah, Steve Tisch, he's literally out there in Hollywood doing his own thing. He's like, oh, Giants lose. Nothing new there. But then he's like, all right, now it's getting real bad. Now he put, now he, he put it on the big boy pants, kicked in the door, and he's like, I'm back. I'm, I'm helping you run this operation now, Mara, because clearly you haven't done a good job of that recently. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's finish some news, and then we'll go to our top fives. Uh, the news is Josh McDaniels, Eric Bieniemy, uh, and Chris Richard are the candidates who have been requested to do an interview with. Well, no, Richard, uh, he's, he's guaranteed because he's not under contract anymore. Okay, so the, but and it's, and it's you, all of those are essentially guaranteed, though everyone get you know, yeah they don't they don't deny those yeah. Um, Bieniemy, we're going to talk about in our top five. That's a spoiler. He'll, he's going to be in there for both of us. Uh, McDaniels, I've said it. I can't stand McDaniels. I think he's one of the worst head coaching prospects in the world from Tebow or from Denver, where the first thing he did was alienate Jay Cutler and try to trade for Matt Castle over Jay Cutler, moving on from him. It started out decent, uh, and then it you know all fell apart. Um, then drafting Tim Tebow, and then you go back to New England, you get your chance to mature and get better, and then you take the indie job, and then after, I mean after the Super Bowl, you back out. When you had all that time to make your decision, you back out when it's already been agreed on. And screw the Colts. I mean, good for the Colts. They got Frank Reich. They got the better. They got the better coaching candidate, anyways. But don't tell me this guy's a good leader of men. Like you can't say in the same, like in the same few sentences that you want a leader of men and Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, don't bring up the schemes. I think he could scheme really well, but as a head coach, get him so far away from. Yeah, that, that indie thing is just, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But what Josh McDaniel wants, he is holding out hope he's the next head coach in New England. He's an immature douche. Like, he really is. He, That's all he wants. Don't tell me he's not going to be like Belichick this time. It's, it's bull crap. He's, he has never made a good decision <laughs> Like as a, yeah. when he's had the decision-making. Like, I'm not saying he's not a good play caller. I'm sure he's a great play caller. But, like, 
You don't like Pat Shermer? I promise you, you wouldn't like Josh McDaniels. And he's had the benefit of working with the best coach of all time and Bill Belichick and and the best QB of all time and Tom Brady. Yeah. Come home, Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, all Josh McDaniels wants, he's holding on hope he's the next New England Patriots head coach when Belichick finally decides to retire. And that's but, the only way he can succeed is if he could just take over that culture. Yeah, that's the only way. I don't want Josh McDaniels because, as you said, he's a douche, and we just don't like the way he handled himself with the Colts situation. So, I mean, maybe he made an impression on the Giants. They're bringing him back a second time, but I think that's just um, just making sure they're like, all right, so we said no to him the first time. Do we make a mistake? Let's tr- let's see again. And then they'll be like, yeah, no, we don't want him. Yeah, and then Chris Richard, I don't have much on him. The only thing I will say is how does Dallas have an offensive and defensive coordinator and then have a, have a this guy calls plays? How do you have a defensive coordinator who doesn't call the defensive plays and it's not because the head coach is doing it? You have another guy. I mean, Jerry Jones is just way too rich to be able to afford that. I think with like Marinelli that even gave it up. I think, or I think maybe probably Jones like you can't do this anymore. And then he's like, "All right, yo, Chris, here's you're now the play caller." <laughs> I mean, he's young. He's he. I I haven't heard bad things about him around the league. Uh, obviously, he's gonna be looking for work with Jason Garrett now out of Dallas. I, I I've gone on record to say I w- wouldn't mind Chris Richard, but there's better candidates now. After after you look at head coaches. Then you, you find the guys, the diamonds in the rough that you would want. Chris Richard, he's a young guy. He has room to improve, but I wouldn't want him as my head coach, especially after seeing how Dallas only played well against the bad teams this year, but when it mattered most, they fell short of all their expectations. Yeah, um, I'm not a Chris Richard guy. All right, let's take a break, and we'll go through our candidate wish list. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's go through our candidate wish list, Danny. Danny, we'll start with your number one, the guy who's been making the most noise. Who do you got as your number one on your wish list? I got Matt Rule. Uh, just as you say, he's made the most noise, and, and I've gone on record that I'm willing to go outside the box, take a risk on a college coach. And what he's done to turn Baylor around from that 1-11 team to now playing in the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day is impressive how he's able to handle Oklahoma. Now, yes, Oklahoma made the comeback, but you look at the game, they dominated Oklahoma, especially that first game in the f- first half. It was all Baylor. He was good at Temple. He as good at Baylor. And what the Giants probably like, he has a connection with Coughlin. He was here with Coughlin in 2012. And so that the Giants, they respect Coughlin. Uh, and he has that Coughlin connection. So Matt Rule, he's my number one. Yeah. I like Rule. Rule is my number two. I mean, he's, he's the youngest out of all my guys. He's at 44 years old. He's His college record is 47-42. I kind of want to go through his resume. At Temple, he went 2-2, two 6-6, and 10-4, two, and 10-3. And um, both it, Turned that program around, but both bowl losses, both losses in bowls games to Toledo and Wake Forest, so that's not great. And then at Baylor, Baylor is what it really sets him apart because, because Art Browse left that organization, that team, that program, and shambles after – all the scandals and whatnot that went down there. 
I mean, he started out one and eleven, um, then went seven and six, and then this past season eleven and two. And the two losses were to Oklahoma, who was in the college football playoff championship, got blown out in the college football playoff championship, but nonetheless they were in it. Uh, I think Georgia will be telling. I think the game against Georgia uh, when you're on New Year's Day will be telling because you know what he has at Baylor. He hasn't beat a ranked opponent once. I mean, the only ranked opponent he's played this year was Oklahoma. I mean, I guess you could say the best one would be what Texas, who's seven and five this year. Um, now Texas had some talent and and you know played played Oklahoma or LSU kind of tight and Oklahoma uh, decently, but. That would be the thing. Is he doesn't have like a signature win, and he's a college guy. Um, you know, forty-seven and forty-two. Um, here's the things I like about him, though, Danny, is he's kind of just outside the box, and that's what that's the one thing. And he's a true head coach. He's a, like guys love him. Everyone that has been around him, players, they like sell out for this guy. And he's like a tough-nosed guy, but he also knows how to get the best out of this guy. So I think that might be like the biggest selling point. On him is that he's a leader of men. Yeah, he, I, it, you need to be a leader of men, and as you said, players respect him. I, I have not heard one bad thing said about Rule in my research on him, and I, I and I would not be mad with him becoming our head coach because I truly believe he could be a gamer in the league, and I'm all willing to go outside the box for our next guy. Yeah, and and that would be the thing. It's like let's take a chance because I. I admittedly like guys who have head coaching experience. I like retread, not just for the basis of that, but I, I think there's more to judge. And I'm like, okay, this guy can learn from his first mistakes and get better. I mean, I did. I put out a stat last week that 12 of the last 18 Super Bowls have been won by retread coaches. And he's like, well, yeah, but six of those are Bill Belichick. Okay, then six of six of the 12 when you take out Bill Belichick, which you can't, are won by retread head coaches. I mean, Coughlin with two, Gruden, uh, Dungy. Uh, and you know, there's a, a Pete Carroll. Like, there's been guys that retreads. So I like to retreads, but I like Matt Rule because it's taking a chance. Of, like, you know, maybe this guy is the next great thing. But this, the resume doesn't like blow me away. And it's in the Big Twelve where they don't play defense. I don't know, but like you said, every like guys love for, love him uh, at Baylor. He's only had six guys drafted, so like he hasn't had much to deal with. I mean, one of the, the, the best draft pick was Son Reddick, who was with the Cardinals' first-round pick. That was from the first year when they went 1-11. That wasn't his guy, obviously. Um, so he hasn't had the best talent in the world to work with, obviously. Um, he, Like you said, he was with us with Tom Coffin, assistant offensive line coach um, in that Super Bowl. The guys, you know, love him. In fact, I need to message somebody and figure out what they think of him. Um, and I just thought of doing that. Boom, boom, boom. That's my source giant, Jeff. Um <laughs> Giant Jeff said earlier that uh, Trevor Lawrence, if we have the first pick when he's out, we should take him. Giant Jeff, you're killing me, man. Daniel Jones is our guy. Come on, Giant Jeff. We love you, but come on. Uh, Yeah, but so like I said, he hasn't beat a a ranked opponent. um, But he seems like a true head coach, and it would be taking a chance, but it's a chance that I would be okay with. Now, the thing is, there's been so many rumors back and forth. Like, there's been rumors that he can't stand Gettleman, and there's rumors, and then there's saying that he loves Gettleman. It's it's hard to decipher what the deal is with all that. And he turned down the Jets, Danny, last year because they didn't give him as much control. But supposedly, when they say control, it's more over, like, personnel and, like, his, his, his coaches, which a head coach should be able to pick his coaches anyway, so. Yeah, that's stupid. He should be allowed to pick his own coaches. The Jets said no that he could pick his own coaches, then he's had he would have been stupid to accept that job. You don't want to be forced to work with guys 
that you don't know and you won't work well with. And I'm fine with and on my list personally, I have one guy that's been a head coach before. I people who want to uh, uh, retread on that that's perfectly fine. That could work, but I think the NFL is moving in a way that I think the Giants need to go young. Instead of going old, because I know the Gi- not old or just the Giants that need to take a risk on a first year guy because it's reached a point where we need to show we just need to put something on the field, a good product. And I believe taking a huge risk could really benefit us, but it could also really harm us. So it's a risk that Giants got to take, but I'm all for taking a risk on a first year first year head coach. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I I like the idea of rule. He scares me a little bit. I'll be honest. Like he worries me a little bit, but I like him enough, and I think it's a good enough chance for him to be at my number two. But Danny, he's my number two. You know who that leaves as number one, Danny? This is guy. It, is it Eric By Me? No, it's a guy. I mean, when I was doing my research on him, Danny, every single thing I looked up, I fell in love with this guy. Um, and I'm telling you. I'd be flat out excited for this guy. I would be so pumped for this guy to become our head coach. If he said fire Gellman, I would want him fired instantly. Get oh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent. It is my man from Baltimore, their defensive quarter, Don Wink Martindale. This guy is the best, man. He's 56 years old. He's been the, uh, the Ravens defensive coordinator for the last two years. And the Ravens have some good players on defense, but they by no means have elite talent on defense. Danny, this year, fourth in yards per game allowed. Third in points per game allowed, 17.6. Last year, first in yards per game. Second in points per game at 17.9. He gets that team riled up and ready to go. These boys are rowdy. He was the linebacker coach for the five years previous to that. Stayed with Baltimore. Stayed with Harbaugh. He's always been under Harbaugh, who is a great head coach, who is the, the shining example of stability in the NFL right now, is, is John Harbaugh. He was there with Ray Lewis who was possibly the smartest linebacker to ever play this game, the most prepared guy. He was part of that. Like, with that kind of stuff, players like that, they grow on coaches. For coaches, like, I can't let my players outwork me. He's the man, dude. I love this guy. And the Ravens have embraced analytics like crazy. So you know that that's a part of that on the defense. I am in love with this guy. And Danny, you know who his offensive coordinator is rumored to be if he becomes a head coach? Oh, God, it's so NLSU's lovely. LSU's own Joe Brady. And y'all oh. watched that semifinal game. Joe Brady is an amazing coach. He's gotten He took Joe Burrow from a guy who had 17 touchdowns last year and completing 57% of his passes to completing 77% and 50 touchdowns and winning the Heisman and throwing seven touchdowns in one half. He threw in the college football playoff in one half almost half of what he threw all last year when Joe Brady was at it. He worked with the Saints before. Don Martindale and Joe Brady 2020, baby. I would, I could go on for days talking about how much I love LSU's offense and Joe Brady, but it's all about the wink. And I have him on my list as well as number three. As you said, Ravens, the fourth-ranked defense in the league. There, There's nothing not to like about Martindale. As you said, the Ravens are not an elite defense, but they look elite. He is... I if it came down to Matt Rule and Martindale, I would take Martindale because I, I love what I saw from this guy. I I, I studied it. I just I fully studied, it, but I looked at what his defense has done. 
he's just a great coach, and I could see him being a guy that could take our defense to the next level because we got guys on there. Because uh, we say we bring back Williams, uh, possibly, hey, maybe we bring back Golden. Those are two goons right there. But Dexter Lawrence, Dallin Tomlinson, Jabril Peppers, uh, DeAndre Baker with the potential to take a jump in year two. You have the, uh, Ryan Connolly, who could very well be a fantastic linebacker. There's Ryan so- Connolly would thrive. He would. He really would. There's... There's so much hype, not hype. Martindale is such an under-the-radar guy, and I would be disappointed if the Giants don't even take a look at him. The Giants have to take a look at Wink Martindale because he can be the guy that could take this defense to the next level. And if he is able to get Joe Brady out of LSU, imagine Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slated, Evan Ingram under Joe Brady. That is a offense to be reckoned with. That is a scary thought right there. If the Wink is... If we're able to, if the Wink is willing to take this job, you take him. If the Wink wants Dave Gellman out, his nickname is fight. awesome. The Wink, Wink, um, baby, Wink, that, Wink, Wink. That is t shirts like galore. crazy. We'll have t-shirts on that the day he gets hired. Yeah, as I said, if you have the opportunity to get Wink, you get him. If, as I said, if he wants Dave Gellman fired, you kick Dave Gellman's ass out of New York and you take the Wink. You you don't deny the Wink. I'm and I'm telling you, uh, and I I've, I've been waiting for this episode to drop to say this, but I am full bloom in love with this man. Uh, it goes Daniel Jones and then Dar- Don Martindale. He is my <laughs> clear cut number one. Like Remember, Matt Rule's my number two, Danny. Don Martindale is a, a clear number one for me. Yeah, that, you, but some people might think you're crazy for him being a number one. No, you, you're, you're completely right for him being number one. I just put Rule because I, I, I do like Rule and I believe he would be a good head coach. But Martindale, I would have no complaints with him. Remember this episode, because if Wink Martindale gets hired, you heard it here first, he will be a great head coach. Um, all right, Danny, next on the list, who is your number two? I got Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers. Now, a lot of people, some people believe the hype of Sala, some people don't. Sala, he's a very charismatic guy. All his players love him. They're ranked second in the league in defense. Now his defense has taken a little bit of a dip. They did lose D Ford, but Bosa looked great to start the season. Uh, the, the defense just thrived under Robert Sala this year. Now, as I say, he, he would be another first-year head coach. Some people may not believe he's worthy enough of being the head coach. But I truly believe he can handle the play-calling duties. I believe he would bring in a great offensive coordinator. Robert Sala, he's going to be a head coach at some point in his career. The Browns are going to be looking into him now. Maybe that might turn people away because they hired Kitchens. But they, like, just look at the four teams. The fourth Buckner played well. Bosa played well. Uh, the the backside was great with Jimmy Ward, Richard Sherman. He, he, Robert Sala is a guy that could perform great in this league. He will, I guarantee you, he will be a head coach at some point in his life, and I believe he'll be a successful head coach. And now whether that's with the Giants, that remains to be seen. But I hope the Giants at least give him an interview because the guy, players love him. He, he's a Pat Shermer guy. He, he, players, love, players love Pat Shermer. I would see no reason why the Giants would not love Robert Sala, especially the players. The defense will love him. Heck, even the offense would fall in love with Robert Sala. He's a fun guy to be around. Robert Sala. Okay, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Robert Sala is my number. What I say? Three? No, two. He's my two. number two. I'm I'm not on the solid train. I, I look at last year when he didn't have Nick Bosa and the defense kind of was underwhelming. Granted, the 49ers just take, just take Bosa from the 49ers. It's simple. Take, 
I, I think he is a product of his talent and, you know, Kyle Shanahan having that offense working pretty good. Now they're a really good defense. I'm not, I don't want to take any of that away from them, but I'm just, I'm just not on the solid train. I don't think he's shown me enough. I think what the 49ers do is they have really good talent and they, they put that talent in the right spots. No doubt. Like he does, it definitely has a part of it. I'm not, I don't want to be dismissive, but Danny, uh, Solid doesn't make my top five. I don't think he'd be – I'm not saying he'd be a bad head coach. I'm just saying he uh, he just didn't crack my top five, Danny, to be honest. No, that's fine. I, I'm perfectly fine with people that are, are not on board with the Robert Sala hype because that, that would be, in my opinion, the biggest risk on my list doing Robert Sala as the head coach because, as you said, he has good guys around him on the defense. Bosa made that defense another level of good. It's a risk. But I believe it's a risk I wouldn't be mad at taking. Now, I'm not sure how most of the fan base would react. I feel like a majority of people want Matt Rule. But Robert Sala, I, I don't sleep on him. Uh, whether that's not with the Giants, keep your, he will be a great head coach in this league at one point. Maybe it's too soon now. Maybe I'm jumping the gun with Robert Sala. But he will be a head coach in this league at one point in his life, and he will be a great one. Yep. All right, Danny, my number three. Now, your, your number three is, is Wink, so... We don't, have to, we don't have to discuss him again. My number three, though, former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, former Oakland Raiders head coach. I'm going Jack Del Rio. He's 56 years old. He has a career record of 93 and 94. So, you, you know, you say mediocre, but look what he had to deal with. Jacksonville, his quarterback was Byron Lefwich and David Garrard. He took that team to the playoff twice and won games. I mean, his, his you know, he um, they had a winning record there, or it was 500 or better. Five out of eight years, you know, went 12 and four one year, 11 and five one year, were, uh, you know, won a playoff game against Pittsburgh that year. Remember David Garrard with that fourth down run? I like Del Rio. He's a good defensive mind. I think he's a good leader of men. Um, in Oakland, he had a three year stint where, you know, improved to seven and nine, um, and then took that team 12 and four when it looked like the Raiders were back. And then Derek Carr breaks his leg, and things kind of fell apart after that. And Derek Carr wasn't the same after that. He looked scared to get hit, it went six and 10, and then John Gruden was hired. Um, which I don't think it mattered who the head coach was. I think the Raiders wanted John Gruden to go to Las Vegas with them. Uh, so I, I think, you know, he's gotten 12-4 and four out of the Raiders and the Jaguars. And look at those teams over the past 20 years. Best Their best years have been under Jack Del Rio. I guess, the, I guess the Jags, you can say that year they went to the AFC Championship. But, I mean, who got the most out of the talent was Jack Del Rio more than it was Doug Marone. So, and I like him. I think I, – now, I would want him with Jay Gruden as offensive coordinator – I've been a big Jay Gruden guy. Um, I would love for him with Jay Gruden as the OC. Um, now, it'd be his third time around. I don't know how successful that would be. But I, I think ja- I like Jack Del Rio. I think he's a leader of men. And I think he's proved to win games everywhere he's went. Yeah, Jack Del Rio, I agree with your point. He he was done in Oakland no matter what because they were not passing the opportunity of John Gruden. Because when you go to Vegas, I think you'd rather have John Gruden as your guy over uh, Del Rio because he's more of an intriguing name, but I do like Del Rio. Uh, he's not on my list, but he will be a guy that uh, uh, a guy with head coach experience. I would take him because he I like what he did at Oakland, turning them around to that twelve and four team. As you said, when Derek Carr broke his leg, he was not the same the following year. Jack Del Rio is a good guy, he's a good leader of men, as you said, and he's a defensive coordinator. Let me make this clear: my list is very defensive heavy because I truly believe the Giants need a defensive minded coach to lead this team because I believe they could get a good offensive core and that could work with Jones because we were talking before Jones is a guy that could work well with anyone he'll adjust to a system well he, he he won't throw a fit with anyone because he's that good of a guy he will learn the system as well as he can 
So I think a defensive minded coach is what we need. And Jack Del Rio will probably have a good offensive guy to go teach Jones. Now say that's Jay Gruden, then go all for it. Jay Gruden, he's not he wasn't a good head coach, but you you're hammering you've been one on the train to that he should you would love for him to be our offensive coordinator. So I would not be mad with the Del Rio sign in. Out of all like the head coaches that are out there right now with head coach experience, he would be the one. If you gave me between Del Rio and McCarthy, I would take Del Rio over McCarthy in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, easily. Um Del Rio over McCarthy. How about Ron Rivera, man? Like maybe we I should reevaluate. This guy wants to go to Washington, even though it seems like things aren't going as fast, but kind of blows me away that he's not taking meetings with other teams besides the freaking Washington Redskins. And that's not even like Washington Redskins hate. Their own fans will admit it. Dan Snyder, like I get that he's getting control and whatnot, but I don't know. That that doesn't know is that weird that Rivera's not meeting with other teams? I mean, this guy has been a free agent for months, and he's just not meeting with other teams. Maybe he did secretly, but I don't know. It's, it's, it weirds me out. Maybe he did secretly, but we did hear the rumor that, like, 24 hours, 48 hours after week 17, we probably have a deal. I'm trying to think. Maybe he looked at the Redskins. Definitely Snyder told him at some point. He was like, yo, Bruce Allen's gone. This is your team. And he's probably, like, like licking his chops to give out. He maybe looked at the roster, saw Dwayne Hatsby, be like, I could make my name by developing Dwayne Hatsby until, like, the next great QB of the NFL. Maybe that's what he looked at. He saw Darius Geis. He looked on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, and then he got Terry yeah, McLaurin. Yeah, they have talent. You got Terry McLaurin. Yes, the Redskins. They're a team that is a – he is – I think he's putting all his marbles that if he's able to bring the Redskins back into, like, just being a great football team, then that's that's where he'll make his name. And he probably believes he could maybe get into the Hall of Fame off that. It's a risk going to the Redskins. Or maybe that's just a telling sign of – DG that he doesn't want to go to New York because DG's here, but I think it's mainly he wants full control of the team, and I don't think the Giants would give full control of the team at least right away. And I wouldn't deny that maybe he can't stand Dave Gellman. Like I, I don't think that's crazy to say at all. The issue is he's not meeting with anybody, Danny, and you're just not taking the meeting. Like, like you don't want to meet with Dallas. Like I get Dallas is a little dysfunctional, but they got a lot more talent than Washington does. It's just. I guess he wouldn't have full control. I, I guess full control is that important to him. And he wasn't going to get that with the Giants. And sure as hell ain't going to get it with the Cowboys. So, I don't know. That That's a weird one. All right. Um, number four, Danny. Who you got? I got Eric Bieniemy. Me too. Ch- oh, well, look at that. The Chiefs. We're matching on number four. Wow, we're matching. That, that's fantastic. I guess we just always agreed. Uh, the- number four equals eight. And that equals Daniel Jones. Wow. Oh, whoa, right there. Eric Bieniemy, the head coach, confirmed. But, uh. Eric, he's been vouched for by Andy Reid for what feels like years now. Andy Reid's a fan of him, and that one will make me a fan, anyone a fan of Eric Bieniemy because Andy Reid's one of the great head coaches in the league. Uh, this is Mad Nagdy, the coach of the Bears. Now, I know they were not as good this year, but they were very good a year ago, and Matt Nagy was one of the reasons why they are that good. Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs were the sixth-ranked offense this year. The offense average 379 yards per game. Uh Eric Bieniemy is a guy, as I said, Andy Reid vouched for, and he will be a head coach. I believe it will be this year, and uh, he he will be he will be the offensive mind that Daniel Jones needs to take him to the next level. Because he Patrick Mahomes was great under him. Uh, got Tyree Kill, uh, Travis Kelsey. Eric Bieniemy will be a great addition to the offensive side of the ball. And heck, maybe they have the prospects to draft Andrew Thomas that would shore up the offensive line, especially wherever they decide to put him. Let's say it's right tackle. Uh, 
Eric Bieniemy is a great guy. I haven't haven't heard anything bad about him. Players respect him. He sounds like he would be a great leader of men. So Eric Bieniemy is my number four. Yeah, I got I got Eric Bieniemy at four too. He's fifty years old. He's been the offensive coordinator the past two years after Matt Nagy left for the Bears. The only question I have is he hasn't called plays. And now, granted, we're not necessarily looking for someone to call plays as a head coach, but it is weird that you know. Not weird because Andy Reid is the play caller there, but you'd feel more comfortable if he was the one calling the plays. Um, for Pat Mahomes to have, you know, the the great moments that he has, like as great as Pat Mahomes is, you have to give Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy some credit for it too. Uh, but from being there, he knows how to use his weapons. I mean, I don't think anyone's used a weapon better than Tyreek Hill. Well, that sounded bad. Um, oh boy, <laughs> I, I swear that wasn't on purpose. Um, <laughs> I, no one's used an offensive playmaker better than the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill in the NFL. Um, and, you know, we want we, we need the guy to come in and make Saquon be all over the field, making plays every single game from, from through the air and through the ground. Um, and they did that with, you know, any running back that's went through Kansas City has had success. That's not because they have, they have some dominant offensive line. Um, it's because of play calling and Patrick Mahomes and, and everything else involved. Um, and like you said, Andy Reid vouches for him like crazy. So yeah, Eric Bieniemy, uh, and he seems like a, he seems like a leader man, leader of men. So Eric Bieniemy would be number I number four. And Danny, my number five. I had a hard time picking a five. It's hard to find five guys you really fall in love with. I thought about Salah, but I figure I just throw this one in there because I like this guy. I want him to be an offensive coordinator. Been you know going for that since he got fired from Washington. Jay Gruden, 52 years old. He has a bad record at 35 and 49 and 1, but he was with the Redskins and he never had like the QB except for Kirk Cousins, who he got Kirk Cousins $84 million guaranteed over three years. Um, you know, he had two two winning seasons, uh, went to the playoffs once where they lost to the Packers. Now he loved Daniel Jones, um, who we think Daniel Jones is gonna be good on his outright, but with the you know, a guy who's been able to get the best out of Andy Dalton. Like Andy Dalton was his best when Jay Gruden was his coach. Um, and Kirk Cousins was like, you know, we watched Cousins. He wasn't great, but he he played to his 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 best with uh, Jay Gruden as the coach. Um, I mean, he played better. And look at Minnesota with all the talent he has. Like, yeah, he's good. Uh, he's playing well. But with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook, he should be winning MVP. Um, and Jay Gruden kind of, I think he got more out of him than Kevin Stefanski is getting out of him in Minnesota. I think they're more predicated on the run on Dalvin Cook. So. I like Jay Gruden. Um, now, this is one I – listen, if you call me an idiot for this one, I'm fine with you calling me an idiot. Uh, but I, I do have Jay Gruden as my number five. Danny, who's your number five? I got Dennis Allen, the head, uh, former head coach of the Oakland Raiders, now defensive coordinator of uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he was the head coach of the Raiders from 2012 to 2014. He had an 8-28 and record. He got fired after starting 0-4. But uh, players respect him in Oakland, and, I mean, he has turned around that New Orleans Saints defense. They're now ranked – what are they ranked today? They're ranked 11th in the league. He has turned them around from being pretty much like the pits of the NFL. I got his stats here. Uh, it gave up 133 yards per game. That was the average teams were holding against them. But he he very – I he's very under the radar. Many people won't – I believe I don't think he'll get a head coaching job, but when he interviewed with the the Dolphins last year, the Dolphins very much liked uh, uh, Dennis Allen. So I'm not once again. I, I 
doubt he would even get a chance to interview for the Giants, and I frankly don't care if he doesn't get an interview for the Giants. But he's someone to keep your eye out because I believe he'll maybe he'll get an interview somewhere, but I doubt he gets hired anywhere. Yeah. All right. That's an episode went a little long today, um, almost an hour. But listen, this this kind of stuff doesn't happen. We appreciate you guys. I'm sure we have some new listeners because this is this is big stuff. You know, your coach only gets fired every two years when you're a Giants fan. But don't. Um, that was a good one. It's uh, it's listen. We're in a bad situation, um, and I hope we can dig out of this somehow. We've got some talent on this team. It is extremely young. Um, Pat Shermer has been real. Um, and it's it's all about Don Martindale for me, Danny. I know you're on the Matt Rule. Uh, I know you're on the the Rule train, but I'm on I'm on the Wink. Hey, don't get like- me wrong. I'm all on the Wink as well. <laughs> All right. All right. We appreciate you guys. If you could leave us a rating review, that helps us a lot. We got over 100. We appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back Thursday to recap Dave Gellman's press conference, any other news. And we're going to go through some of Dave Gellman's move to kind of find out where we stand. We appreciate you guys. Until Thursday, let's go Big Blue.